show you just by pausing and saying, hey, how am I today? What do I need? What does my body need? And so rather than thinking, okay, into programming of nine to five, of getting up, going to the gym, backing your lunch, and it's so monotonous. And we, we batch cook for week, for a week, you know, we plan out our workouts for a week. It's very robot-like where humans, especially women, we're so fluid and cycle with our, with our emotions, with our inner cycle that's going on that we really need to tune in with ourselves every day and see what do I want today to fill up my body, to fill up my mind, to fill up my soul. Hi, I'm your host, Kim Hartwell, personal trainer, movement coach, and yoga teacher with over 10 years experience in the wellness industry. I'm also the founder of the Move Your Soul online membership space. Move Your Soul, both the podcast and the membership have been created to provide you a safe space for learning, self-exploration and growth for long-term well-being. Through this podcast, I'll be interviewing renowned experts in the field. We'll learn together about the most up-to-date, relevant and thought-provoking insight into movement and mindfulness techniques. Then I'm super excited for you to be able to put these learnings into practice through the online membership. The membership has a whole host of on-demand classes available for you to practice wherever in the world you are. So let's get started with the podcast and down to the learning. Okay, guys, welcome to the Move Your Soul podcast today. I'm so excited to welcome my dear friend, all-round fabulous human, Phoebe Greenacre. Phoebe, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Kim. I'm so happy to be here and I miss you all the way from Kenya. Yes, she's a very, very exotic and beautiful Kenya whilst I'm in London here. So she, we're getting all the sunshine vibes her way. Um, Phoebe, can you tell the listeners a little bit about your journey and about how you come to where you are today so they get a little bit of an idea of your background? Sure. So I am currently in Kenya. Um, I am originally from Australia. And I suppose to kind of put myself into a perspective so you can understand where I'm coming from, I spent my first chapter in my life doing uh, digital marketing for more than 10 years uh, in the corporate world in Australia. I then uh, went out on my own uh, being a business branding, marketing, social media coach for um, a few years in Australia before moving to London. And that's when I really kind of came into my own person, I suppose. I did a yoga teacher training, my first one of now up to 700 hours. I became a somatic therapist, which is a body-mind connection type of therapy. And now I help teach uh, other women to find the wisdom in their body to then go and create their dream life. Um, I have an activewear brand as well. So I co-founded Silu London, which is a sustainable and premium activewear brand. So I've created lots of different chapters in my life and I've arrived at a point where I now help women do the same. It's almost like I'm helping women create a life by design. How do you want that to look like? What do you want that? How do you want to feel in that life? Where do you want to live in that life? And I suppose all of the different backgrounds from marketing to yoga to therapy to business coaching, I I help women do the same. Does that help? <laughs> Absolutely. And it's so incredible. And to be honest, it's been such a um, lovely thing for me as your friend to watch that journey grow and know that you've done all of these different elements of your career. And it's just so um, empowering to see that you've now brought that together. And now it's such a wonderful thing that you're sharing. And you've already spoken before about how much of an influence you're having on um, all of your um, students' lives in terms of the people that do come to your coaching courses and, and being able to set up the life similar to what you've got in terms of your freedom financially and um remote you know remote working which is fab yeah remote working I mean I talk about the three f's when I talk about what life I want to create for someone or for myself and it's freedom with money with location um with time it's flexibility like I want to be able to drop everything and do a yoga class or go on a holiday at any time of my life and also fulfillment the, the things that I'm working on, I want to be fulfilled. I want to be lit up. I want to shine from the inside out with the work that I do and be in service to women as well. And how amazing is that, that you're then translating that to your students and kind of being able to share that with them. I think it's in a really, really amazing thing. Um, so thank you. That's a perfect little intro. Um, so 
kind of really interested to hear about your somatic healing work. I think it's something that I've, you've spoken to me about a few times, but I don't really know the ins and outs of it. I know you're really passionate about the studying that you've done and how you then go on to help people with that. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? Sure. So the somatic therapy training came through um, the, the advanced level teacher training that I did called um, Embodied Flow. And that includes psychology, somatics, um, uh, uh, theory, yoga theory, and the traditional texts, and also an exploration into your body um, and understanding how it works, the, the, the emotional body, the physical body, the spiritual body, because so often in the Western world, we focus on the physical body, what it looks like, how it performs. It's very kind of um, for aesthetics, right? And we struggle as a society and as a world so much emotionally. We don't know what to do or how do we process our emotions? Why do I feel shit one day? How, why do I feel good one day? Um, and so somatics has really given me this biggest understanding of how to hold space for my emotions day to day, but also how to hold space for other people's emotions day to day. And just so if people are at home thinking, what is somatic? Soma is the uh, Greek word for the living body. So in somatic therapy, we are treating the trauma, the feelings, the emotions, the energy that's in the living body right now. And you'll be able to relate with, with a, a somatic feeling. So if you've gone through a breakup or someone's cheated on you, you're like, where do you feel that in your body? And normally that's like in your gut or in your tummy, like your, your belly's doing flips. And that is the connection, the memory of getting broken up with or being cheated on then connects to the somatic feeling. So the body feeling. And we look to dive into that feeling in the body as a way to enter into the pain or into the trauma to help find relief and release of the energy so that's a little introduction it's it's hard to explain but it's pretty much using the body and the mind to help release energy from the body absolutely I know you do a lot of work with kind of trauma and I guess when I'm what I'm thinking when you're saying these things to us is that a lot of that can also be suppressed so it doesn't have to be something that's happened to you recently um you know I was even speaking to someone the other day and they were talking about your trauma that you get through being born and through the birthing experience mm -hmm. and um it, it is those sorts of things that we kind of learn to live with but perhaps they're being stored in our body Exactly. We push a lot of things down and we forget them in our brain. Like we like don't remember them, but our body remembers them. And then we carry that memory or that trauma. And I'm talking trauma. I use trauma like very loosely. It doesn't need to be uh, like a huge, a huge trauma, but it could just be small traumas built up again and again, and again, like emotional abuse, um, things that have happened, very small things, things that teachers have said that has then built your self-worth. So it's almost unpacking years and years of unprocessed energy or unprocessed emotions so that you can then feel freer and lighter. And there's a lot of people, a lot of clients come to me when they are feeling stuck and whether that's stuck in their, uh, their physical body, whether that's stuck in their emotional body, their mental body, there's this feeling that I don't know where to go in my life because I, I don't know where to change jobs and I'll make me feel better or whether I get a new boyfriend or girlfriend and that will make me feel better or I change where I'm living and that will make me feel better. So when you're feeling that stuckness, it means that there's probably energy stuck in your body and you may not need to change anything, but you may need, need to process the energy that's, that's lying underneath that feeling of stuckness. Absolutely. And in terms of when you're saying how to process it, obviously, there's so many different ways. What's the, what are examples of the tools that you can use to be able to help with these things? Sure. So the biggest thing is really just taking the time to check in. And we are have been brought up in a society where it's like, go, 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 fast, 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 fast. And I think last year, 2020 was a gift to humans, human, the human race to be poor, like to press the pause button and to really check in. And I've seen this huge transformation of people going through a, like a letting go process of letting go of toxic relationships that they may not have noticed was toxic until they were locked in a, an apartment with them for almost a year. 
letting go of bad eating habits or drinking habits because they really didn't notice that from Friday to Sunday they spent drunk uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night and being locked away. You're like, oh, actually, I don't need to do that because um, I'm fine by myself. So there was lots of things that happened um, that can show you just by pausing and saying, hey, how am I today? What do I need? What does my body need? And so rather than thinking, okay, into programming of nine to five, of getting up, going to the gym, backing your lunch, and it's so monotonous. And we, we batch cook for week, for a week, you know, we plan out our workouts for a week. It's very robot-like where humans, especially women, we're so fluid and cycle with our, with our emotions, with our inner cycle that's going on that, We really need to tune in with ourselves every day and see what do I want today to fill up my body, to fill up my mind, to fill up my soul. And it's reprogramming that. Yeah, amazing. And I think, yeah, it's, it's making you have to be so brave to even do that in the first place, don't you? Because it's almost easier to busy ourselves. And it's those things that you just, you know, reach for, you know, alcohol, whatever it is, that it's your kind of knee jerk response to these things. And that kind of allows you to mull over feelings, doesn't it? Rather than all, all kind of ignore those kind of feelings and not really feel into what's going on with your body. Exactly. It is easier to hide, suppress, numb, um, because it's a people are looking for a quick fix. Drink the bottle of wine to numb your feelings. Um, take the diet pills to, you know, change how you feel or look in, in your body. Um, eat lots of food to fill up the space or the void that maybe needs to be looked at. Um, buy lots of things so that you feel uh, pleasure or joy or contentment when actually you don't need all of those things to feel at peace with yourself. So when you strip back all of those things that the consumerist world has put in front of us, we're then left with our bodies, our emotions, and this this body that we've been given, this gift that we've been given to live in um, and taking care of it and looking after it and asking, what do I need rather than a magazine or people on social media telling you what you need asking yourself what do I need and tuning into that intuition absolutely and I can imagine that's a lot of work to get to that point that you are able to do that isn't it I think that's what I find definitely with myself is that there's there's definitely barriers to get to that point and what do you think the way what's this kind of simpler route or ways that we can start to work on that without necessarily going from like zero to a hundred in terms of our healing? Is there ways that we can kind of break it down a little bit so it doesn't seem so daunting and so it's such, such a big change? Sure. Yeah. So obviously checking in with yourself in the day, like when you wake up, do I want a coffee or do I want a tea or do I need a water? Like just simple things, start small The next thing would be meditation. And I know a lot of people are like, I can't sit still. I'm not a monk. And they, people are like, it's too much. I can't do that. 20 minutes meditation every day. It's too much. So what I found in, in lockdown last year, I created a, a a yoga class, which is called yin therapy, which I've combined yin yoga with the somatic therapy guided meditations and guided kind of journey into the body to look at the emotions, to look at how we're feeling. And so I created this container. I taught it for 26 weeks straight. So like nearly a half a year, every Sunday night, an hour and 15, it was almost like a safe place to come and, and dive into the body, emotional, physical, mental, spiritual. And that was, I think, a little bit more of a good entry point into looking at your emotions. And looking at where your emotions are stored in your organs and quietening the mind down. In in yin yoga, it's mostly laying on the ground. You're in poses for three to up to six minutes um, in one shape. So there's not a lot of movement. It's very still. It's very, um, you're focusing on the yin energy of the quieter energy, the feminine energy. And I know you and Dave have both done my classes and both enjoyed them. And, you know, as I know you, Kim, you're an energizer bunny. You're like a doer. You love being busy. So it's probably sometimes quite hard for you to to relax and do nothing 
And I think that was a good, the container of yin therapy was a good space for you to kind of quiet down the mind and the body. Absolutely. And just knowing that that 75 minutes, you know, you've got not, not got your phones, you've not got the distraction and just kind of really tuning in. And I did find because it was on a Sunday, it was so nice to set yourself up for the week ahead as well. And you just felt like, like you said, it's just like tuning in with yourself, with your body. And that can be so powerful and easy to yeah, get, take for granted and just think, you know, it will be fine. It will be fine. But eventually that kind of adds up. And even when I was teaching uh, kind of slower classes or yin classes myself, you can tell it's a direct reflection of their mind, of people's mindset. And I've definitely been guilty of it being in a yin class and, you know, tapping your fingers or fidgeting and all of these things. And um, the sooner I kind of started to learn, oh, wait, that's because my mind is really busy that I'm doing that. Um, it was, yeah, it can be quite humbling as well if you're holding this position. And I think what the beautiful thing about Phoebe is she finds a space where you do feel very at ease and you're very supported by bolsters, cushions, rugs. So you, it's not like you're sitting there in agony, where, you know, in these positions in hard yoga poses, you know, but it is humbling because you realize how much your knee-jerk reaction is to get out of these positions, get out of a place of um, vulnerability. Discomfort. And vulnerability, huge. And I remember saying to you as well, like I'd always, like I'd cry at the end of the sessions, or I'd leave you these long voice notes, being like, "Phoebe, that was the most amazing thing," just because it would make <laughs> you really just um, check back into yourself. And I think you then start to realise it's actually you can be, have a bit more of a simpler life as well that way can't you because you then realize what's important and it just allows you to turn out those distractions and I think like you said lockdown has been an absolute gift for making people have to be still but um, like I've said before on the pod it got quite crazy how we went from not having as much stuff and then all of a sudden oh I can't fit in this zoom call or this walk or whatever because I've got so much on again it's that kind of tendency just to always fill up that schedule fill up your diaries and um so yeah it's it's it takes quite a lot to to sit and be disciplined with those sorts of things mm. yeah, yeah. For sure. having space in your life uh is is I love having white space in my diary and you know I block things out I'll block whole week out for my period week um so that I have time to process my emotions and so I don't get frustrated and angry and irritable at my husband or my clients or, you know, that I have that space to process the emotions. And I don't think we give ourselves time to, to, to process our emotions. So super important to have that in, in your day, in your week. Yeah. And I do feel um, slightly with us being freelancers, it's easier for us to find or to try and schedule around white space isn't it whereas I guess if you're in an office it is you know you, you feel like you have you have to be there at certain hours so I guess it's then just having uh the time or like having the discipline to then mark out points in your diary where you do have that yeah or, or maybe it's not uh you know with the the nine to five office job maybe it's not every from five till seven or five till ten like your three hours in the day it's not about blocking so much into that, fitting in the gym, fitting in making dinner, fitting in a Zoom, fitting in drinks with friends. Maybe it's blocking out a night for you. And maybe it's just one night a week where you're like, okay, I'm going to do some yin therapy. I'm going to have a bath or I'm going to listen to a, a, a really soothing, uh, uh, what's it called? A, a soothing like Spotify playlist and maybe drink a glass of wine. Maybe that's your stillness to just reflect maybe it's journaling, but it's just about how can I fit some, some white space in for my body so that I can process things that are going on. Cause we go in miles and miles and miles and miles an hour and we never really stop to press pause. So yeah, yeah. it's super important to have that time. No, I think that's nice. And I think that that's also what I've been guilty of as well is just thinking, okay, well, if I want, you know, thinking about self care, maybe I need that 75 minutes of a yin therapy class or something, but it can be so simple, can't it in terms of taking, you know, breathing, um, meditation or journaling that doesn't have to be in the shape of an hour's worth of self-care that can literally be five ten minutes and I think you've mm -hmm. been really good at that especially through your Instagram if everyone wants to check it out she's got um Phoebe's got some really nice meditations which aren't necessarily really long but they're just little bite-sized pockets of self-care and a bit of self-love that you can do throughout your day really yeah yeah yes. 
Yeah, lo- loads on it, Phoebe. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> so, and I guess we touch on this a little bit throughout what we're speaking about, that um, when people are at that point where they really don't know the next step, what, what ways what are the ways that we can find purpose in our life? But I guess that's through the forms that we've been spoke- speaking about, such as the self-care. Yeah, I feel like purpose, and I, I get a lot of my business co- uh, clients coming to me going, how do I find purpose in my life? And I really like to share the Ikigai um, diagram, the Japanese diagram, which uh, there's a lot of circles overlaid. So maybe have a Google and see that for yourself. But it's where um, your per- your passions overlap with your talents, overlap with what brings you joy, but then also, and where all of those overlap in the middle, like how, where can I make money? So there's a westernized version of Ikigai and there's also like the traditional Japanese, like from the beginning. Um, but a lot of coaches have used it to help clients see where that overlaps. And I feel like that's a really beautiful way to kind of help you dive into what lights you up, right? And for me, I'm always about follow the light, follow what lights you up whether that's gardening, whether that's teaching yoga, whether like follow what lights you up, do more of that. And if you feel like that is something that you would want to make a vocation out of, then retrain and go and do create a business around that or move industries or change jobs so that you do more things that light you up. The world doesn't need any more accountants or lawyers that are unhappy and stuck in their job. They need more people that are shining from the outside in and whether that's you you love teaching um, at schools whether you want you love arranging flowers and want to become a florist if you're lit up when you do your work that is your purpose that is what you need to be doing in this life so follow follow that I have a little workshop online called the dreams workshop and that helps you to understand what your um, passions are what your talents are and also your values, because that's a really big one. If you are doing something that's against your values, say you're really big into s- sustainability, but you work for a brand that doesn't recycle or have like non-recycled packaging, that's going to be against your values and that's going to be like not your purpose. So outlining where your values are and then, and then aligning your passions and talents with those values to then find something that feels like your purpose. Absolutely. And I think it makes perfect sense. I've spoken to people before about this overlap of whether your passion should be your job. And I think at times it it can be hard because it's very all consuming, isn't it? Because you don't, as for me, who's doing doing just that. It's, um, it's very hard to draw the barrier between work and personal life because you're, you could always be working because you're so passionate about what you do. But I guess that's when it comes into play is that you don't feel like you're working as much because you're enjoying it. So, but the way you're speaking about it and actually even just, connecting in terms of your purpose and how you how empowered you feel by navigating through um what your passion is it it makes complete sense and you know that whole thing about we're working however many percentage of our life you know a lot of it Mm -hmm. a lot (laughs) you might as well be doing something that you enjoy and um yeah and I think it's never really too late to do that either is it like you have people who've been working in whatever corporate jobs for 30 40 years and it's never too late to change I think you're a great example of that as well aren't you because you spoke about how you kind of dropped everything at 30 and was like right what am I doing kind of thing which we've all you know it's never too late I always tell my clients it's never too late and your experience that you have whether it's 20 years in corporate 30 years or it's never too late my mum retrained as a health coach at 63 she's now 67 and been running her coaching business my business partner at the moment is just gone back to uni with three kids and she's pregnant. So it's like, it's never too late to start over. And I'm a big believer of like, you will evolve and change as you go through life and things will fall away naturally. So it's about following the light, following your heart and, and changing and evolving um, so that you can continue still be doing your purpose because it can change um, through, through life as well. Absolutely. And I think looking and knowing you as a brand and even just from social media, like we, we tend to see that you're very focused and positive. Um, how do you think that you, that what, what helps you to stay that way? What helps me to stay positive and focused? I feel like 
I flipped my mindset last year from focusing on me to we. So I, instead of me, I suppose, so if you knew me before I did therapy and yoga and I was, uh, my online presence was travel blogging. So I was focusing on travel and helping people book healthy trips and that kind of thing. And that was really like me centered. I was what I was doing. It was what um, I was exploring. And last year when everyone went into lockdown, I flipped my mindset and focused on we, like, how can I help the community? How can I use my skills now with yoga and therapy and so many different things? How can I use that to help the, 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 the community that I have online and to help them feel better in their bodies? How can I help them? And that makes me more focused, knowing that I am focusing on helping others rather than just helping myself. Um, and I think the positivity thing, I'm always like a super positive glass half full and half empty person. Um, I think maybe my exercise routine, I've never looked at it like that, but like exercising and doing mindfulness stuff that I've always um, just been like a up and go kind of positive kind of girl. Um, and I, you know, feed my body with fuel that makes me feel good and I get enough sleep. But that, that lifestyle is conducive to waking up and feeling happy. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, for as long as I've known you, I think you did never really been one to complain too much about having to go to gym classes or whatever, because you know that it fills your, you know, it fills your soul and kind of makes you I love feel it. empowered. <laughs> yes, we used to always frequent little classes together in those times. Um, so Thank yeah, you. and I think I guess you touched on earlier, those people who do struggle with something like meditation, um, where do we start, I guess, with the smaller meditations to start off with? Start with five minutes. And I think when when someone says, oh, you need to meditate twice a day for 20 minutes um, sitting in stillness, maybe that's not where you start. Maybe you listen to guided meditations. And I know a lot of people that started with guided meditations for five minutes now can listen to a 30-minute guided meditation or a 60-minute guided meditation. And you just build up like a practice. Like you don't go into the gym and lift your heaviest weight lift you've ever lifted and do a hundred squats. You start small, you start slowly, you start doing five. And then as you build up, you put more weight on. And as you get stronger, you do more reps or, you know, so it's not about going in for like, I need to meditate. I'm so stressed and go in for 60 minutes, listening to stillness or, or music, start small, start bite size and find the meditative things in life. Maybe it is, moving maybe yoga a lot of people get into meditation from yoga because they've moved lots of energy through their body so that they can then be still and they can be okay with the busyness of their mind and I think the biggest things about moving mindfulness meditation the three things is acceptance like accept how you feel in this moment like I feel shit I'm irritated be like cool that's how I'm feeling today acknowledge that that's how you feel because sometimes people are like oh you're in a bad mood like no I'm not I'm not in a bad mood but acknowledge like yeah babe I'm in a bad mood today thanks like accept it and then your body's like oh thank you for seeing me um and then also like don't act on everything so if you have if you're sitting in meditation and there's thoughts going through your mind like a big open cinema screen and there's all these float uh, thoughts floating on the screen just be like, cool, there goes a thought. And there, then it's floated off the screen. And then, oh, here comes another one and float away. Don't act on it because we have up to 80,000 thoughts per day. And 80% of them are normally negative or criticizing or, you know, constructive or, you know. So if we acted on all of those things, we would be a bloody nutcase because we're like, oh, 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 oh. So just think about, I'm having a lot of thoughts today. And that's okay. And not not attached to one. Just let it go. Just let it float past. Yeah, I love that. And I also think like if there is something that con constantly comes up, that's where things like journaling is useful, isn't it? Because then it just helps you to put it into something more systematic. You kind of, even that writing, uh, writing it down is just kind of working out like, well, where has that come from? And you can kind of go yeah. right back to the root of things. If it's something that's really Com like agitated completely. you recently and you can't yeah. really work out why it's really pissed you off you kind of can look back and really get into yeah. the roots of it can't you 
I, I also personalize uh, or personify thoughts or emotions with my clients and be like, why don't you ask the thought what you want me to see? Because if it's showing yourself uh, again and again, the same thought is popping up. What is it that you want me to see? What is the message that you're giving me today? And normally it's wanting you to take action or change something normally or be more aware of something. So write it in a journal, be like, this is a thought I'm having. Can we have a conversation? And pretend that it's a, a person and be like, what do you want me to know? What do you want me to see? What do you want me to change? And that can also be a very freeing uh, exercise as well. Again, we can't do it with every single one, but if you notice and you're aware of a certain one coming back again and again, write it down and, and, and take it further. Amazing. Okay, guys, just for a moment, we're going to take a little break there. Today, I'd like to talk to you about the Move Your Soul membership. How we move and how we think influences every single aspect of our lives, from how we interact with ourselves and others to how our mind and body feels at home and at work. Have you found that you've fallen out of love with working out and like you're always getting injured? Maybe you've lost that connection to your mind and body or that you can't really find your flow in your training and you need a little bit more direction to keep you consistent then the Move Your Soul online membership is just for you. It's a library of on-demand videos from myself and other experts in the field designed to help you establish a more conscious way to move, breathe and flow with life. The Move Your Soul membership has a large selection of on-demand videos with everything from breathwork, meditation, yoga, strength, animal flow and mobility. You can use the code Move Your Soul Podcast at the checkout, all in capitals, to get your first month free today. Simply go to moveyoursoul.co. Thanks for listening. Now back to the learning. Yeah, for sure. And I think even just that awareness in the first place of um, what's going on and um, knowing that you don't have to, for me, I've definitely been guilty of this energy out and constantly bubbly, smiley, you know, and, and then as sometimes you have to turn up, right? You have to turn up when I'm teaching classes or clients. But I think that it's, I don't, I don't know if it's everybody else, but it's personally for me, definitely, I feel like that then translates into everything I'm doing. And I'm just like constantly... I'm this positive, happy, go lucky. And I think really, again, lockdown has taught me just to be like, it's okay to not have to teach these, you know, crazy energy classes in the mornings and um, then have to answer every single message that comes through. And I guess it's knowing you've been quite good as well at teaching me just like knowing your boundaries, your barriers, being okay with saying no. And like what you've just said, acknowledging the days when you're not feeling amazing and that's you know a part of life that doesn't have to be something that we put in like you know glossy coat on and being like oh no life is fine life is fine because that's when we do suppress things and I think particularly with men we find that it's just that kind of like just keep going just keep going and um yeah it's important yeah. it's definitely important yay okay good um so um I thought one of the benefits of yin yoga we touched on it a little bit um just in I, I guess it's that stillness that comes with it and uh, the unblocking and with yin yoga actually I'm interested do you think that you should do yin yoga for a certain amount of time what do you mean a certain amount like 60 minutes or like mm. weekly or yeah yeah I mean like on my online library the self-care space I have 20 minute sessions I have 60 minutes 75 minutes I think like, like any yoga class or whatever, like try and fit it in around your life. If you just need a little bit of stillness before bed, like have a bedtime sequence where it helps you to get to sleep. But the 60 minute one will obviously you'll dive deeper and you'll stop for longer. And it means that all, so some benefits of yin yoga is lowers the nervous system. It gets you into that um, rest and digest state. It, it allows you to notice what's going on in your body. It brings down your heart rate. It slows down, like it, it's about pausing. So the longer you pause, like meditation, the longer you do it, the more benefits you're going to see. And um, so, yeah, I like 60 minutes class is a great, because you're, you're going to do five minutes for a, a pose, let's say. And we also do a thing called rebound in it as well. So a one minute rebound at least. So you don't really get a lot of poses into a six into a 60 minute class. So in a 20 minute class, you might get, three poses um, and there's not a you know the, the more classes the more poses you do the more meridians in the body so the energy lines in the body you're going to activate and stimulate 
And with those, you're going to move and shift energy, released emotions that are, are stuck in the organs. So the meridian lines go through the organs. And when you're in the yin poses, it helps to activate those energy channels to then help to pump or push through or let the energy flow out. So the longer, the better <laughs> would be my short answer. But again, if you can only get 30 minutes because of children, because of work commitments, that's going to be better than nothing as well. Absolutely. And I think it is like a bit like a time machine when you go to the yin class, isn't it? You're like, whoa, yeah. like where did that time go? Um, because you'd be surprised. I remember a few of the first yin classes I went to, I was like, oh my God, this feels so long. How am I going to hold these, you know, these uh, postures for so long, looking around, fidgety, fidgety, fidgety. And I think then you start to soften and allow yourself to surrender a little bit more. And then, yeah, once you can finally do that, there seems to be obviously days where you can do that better than others. Um, yeah. It's always about, I guess, turning up on your mat and just being with where you're at that day. But um, yeah, for sure, nowadays, I definitely am like, can't believe there's 75 minutes absolutely flown. And <laughs> it's it's also like a little, I feel like it's a, like a nap. It's like a massage. It's like these yeah. lovely things. It's like a, a self-care bubble that you put in. And like, I, I read a lot of poetry in mine. So there's a lot of like, opportunities to release like sometimes you know I love watching a sad movie or a sad playlist to just like let some tears out right so I found a lot of people uh, doing my yin therapy classes had an opportunity to release whether it was a poem that hit something whether it was um, an a heart opening pose that like you, you became more vulnerable uh, allowed yourself to be vulnerable it was almost like it was a point of release so I think a lot of people are using my yin therapy classes as like a mini therapy session. You know, I know not everyone can afford therapy and um, I used to couldn't afford therapy too. And so yin therapy, which is why I created it. It's like, a, it's like a little therapy bubble for you to help have a safe space to open up and release maybe things that you're holding on to. Um, I got hundreds and hundreds of women messaging me after classes saying, oh my God, when you did the gallbladder release, I just burst out in tears and I don't know why. And I was like, sometimes we don't need to understand why we're crying as well. Just look at it as energy in motion. E-motion is energy in motion. So it's just energy moving through us. So not having to like, oh, why am I crying? Or why is this? It's just energy moving through us. Yeah. And how amazing that you feel like you've released that. And you know, when you, you feel like when that's come out, you, you do feel physical differences as well like I know when I've had a really good cry or really, I feel like my chest is open my hips are open and that's where we really start to store a lot of our emotions and mm -hmm. again stuff that you don't even realize is there because you don't listen long enough to know yeah for sure for sure yeah it's pretty magic stuff and I think you just have to have some patience with it in the first place I think it's it's, it's the initial kind of buy-in that is probably the hardest part and then once think you about there. it like a massage you know a massage you have to be still for uh you know 60 minutes True. and I know I my mind does wander with my like when I'm having a massage but it's you get used to you're like okay just let go let go it's about letting go it's almost like if you think of someone's t uh, fist really tently uh tightly clenched and then slowly just un unfurl the fingers unfill and just let go and you're like wow I didn't realize how tightly I was holding on to life and it's almost like you can open and let things go um and yeah so you're almost like you, you didn't know how much pain it was causing you by holding on to something then when you let it go you're like oh wow why did I hold on for so long yeah absolutely and actually I was just thinking off the top of my head have you noticed a big shift from just changing your whole entire lifestyle obviously where you were living in London to then living in Kenya is if you know it's a big shift yeah for sure I definitely was holding on physically I was holding on to weight uh, mentally and emotionally I was holding on to um, just the energy of a city so now I'm living in Kenya, I'm living on the beach. It's like nature. I'm looking outside and there's like, I'm in like a beautiful tropical garden. There's animals all around me. It just feels natural for me to be in this space. And I'm uh, double Pisces in terms of my um, astrology, um, my Pisces, my sun sign, my moon sign, uh, rising sign. It's very emotional based. 
and I have an, an emotional open, um, open emotional center in human design, if you're interested in that. So I absorb people's energy. I absorb cities energy. I am such a um, sponge. So being over here, it's like, woo! I feel so free of people's energy. There's so much more freedom and like everything's more fluid over here. So those are the things that I've noticed. Um, just the shifts in my body, the shifts in my, um, my, my spiritual body, physical body, emotional body, but also my mindset. Like I dreamt about this living abroad, working online and actually making it happen now. It's like, wow, this is like, this is happening. And almost like absorbing that, like the, all the hard work that I did these last five, 10, you know, 20 years I've had it like been running my jobs and businesses that it's all like, I can just stop and absorb and pause and really like reflect on that super big change. Absolutely. And very well deserved. And I know how hard you worked to get to that point, but um, I guess you, to make it relative to people who aren't um, in that position right now, I guess, even when you go on holidays, like yeah, a lot of people, I know girls specifically say like they had problems with periods. And as soon as they go on their holidays, all of a sudden they come back and it's that kind of taking that break, taking that time out of the, your usual regime of the go, go, go. For sure. For sure. I mean, we think about how much cortisol is pumped in our body, the hormone, the stress hormone from, and I was, the, I was the same, like running to the train station to get a train to then run to the office because you're late for a meeting, run to prep at lunchtime to get a sandwich because you can't fit in or forgot to bring lunch, running to teach a private yoga class. This is kind of like what my lifestyle was like. I was running. I felt my whole life was running. And then when I stopped, I realized that you don't need to be running so much. Like life is not supposed to be running from A to B to C, not having any time with your family, your friends, not even having any, any white space in your week. So then realizing uh, like, it's nice not having to commute. Like it's nice not having to be expected to be at this event or this class or this friend's party and this, you know, it's been such a relief to exercise my boundaries of saying no um, now that I've learned what I actually need, what, what the last year has t- taught me that like I need, I need space, I need buffer time, I don't want to be rushing. I, I learned, I've learned that like that did not serve me. It did not serve my body or my mind or in my emotions. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that, again, is a blessing of COVID is that we can then just establish what is your new normal that you want to go back into. and You don't have to knee jet reaction back to the norm because it's going to be very mm-hmm. easy to slip back into it. Um, and you just, yeah, it's, the irony is that I would be running to go to even a yoga class myself. And I'd get there and I'd be so stressed out because I've literally like, you know, gone through the buses and all the rest of the chaos. We screamed into the studio, landed on my mat and be like, okay, ready to do yoga now. And it's just like, so, so the opposite of what you're, you know, supposed to be feeling when you're into going into a yoga class, you know, completely, um, which is why I love practicing at home now with like so many online platforms that have now been created how about we don't run or spend 45 minutes to get to the class to then pay for a really expensive class like in a studio to then do 45 minutes on the train, bus, bike, bike or whatever to get back home. It's like three hours out of my day. Um, yeah, I just, I love that. I'm going to continue to do that now. It's like changed everything. Everything has changed for me. And I suppose we, that, that we have the choice now to choose what we bring back. Like the world is opening. We want to feel more connected. We want to see our friends, but it's like, which friends do we want to see? Selective. What, what, what uh, birthdays do we want to go to? Where do we want to spend our time and energy? Because we know now what we need and we know what brings us joy um, without the stress, without the cortisol, without the, the, the hustling and the rushing from A to B. Absolutely. And then, you know, it goes hand in hand with the longevity that we're going to get off the back of that in terms of our health, our wellness, and just feeling um, happier and healthier. And I think even when you're doing, you know, what we said, that kind of A to B to C, going to all of these gym classes because you're ticking them off your list or all these things that you feel like you have to do. 
Um, and then you realize when you start to slow things down that maybe you don't, don't need that. And actually that's not serving us. No, for sure. Like I was an F45 girl, like get up at 6am, go to F45, rush back to my house, get changed, grab breakfast, run. And yes, I will still, I love weight training now. It's part of my routine, but like the hustle and the rush and the cortisol, I stopped doing that. And I immediately lost weight because of the less of the stress. There was no more stress. And maybe I was doing weight training once or twice a week rather than like six days a week. And I did more yin and more slow mindful things and things that were better for my nervous system. So rather than looking at like, what is going to lose fat or drop fat quickly, it was like, what is going to be nurturing to my nervous system? Because you only get one nervous system. And if you, if you screw it up, you screw it up. Like you burn and ask anyone that's had glandular fever or adrenal fatigue, like they don't bounce back. Like, like when you were 15. So you really want to like nurture them. Like what is going to be good for me in the long run? And I'm now 37 this year. And I'm thinking about how can I move my body in ways that will lead me to being 80 years old and still moving my body. I want to lift weights when I'm 80. I want to still do yoga when I'm 80. So I'm not going to thrash my body. So I look a certain way in my twenties and thirties, but what can I do? How can I move my body um, mindfully and have mobility and range and still touch my toes? I don't want anyone else doing my toe, my shoelaces up when I'm old. (laughs) I want to still be able to do that. So you know, using the, the tools and the techniques and the workouts that are going to be for longevity and that make you feel good. Absolutely. And I do think it's one of those things looking back, you do get a bit addicted to that rush, don't you? Like, I think like the idea, I feel like me and you were the same, we'd go to these crazy classes and boost out the door. And then I'm like, oh my God, seize the day. I've done, you know, really got my stuff together because I've uh, been at the gym at six and you guys have still been sleeping or whatever. And you, you, I feel like this, um, you get that addiction to the productivity. And then that's when you get into that, that um, whirlwind and spiral of like then judging your productivity against your worth. And that's when we do start to put our blinkers on to the listening and the feeling that goes on with our body. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you, it's, I mean, I've done it. I've done many hit classes and all of those things. And I, you know, do them if that makes you feel good, but it's not sustainable to do six hit classes a week, then rush from door to door, then drink six cups of coffee, then be, uh, you know, consuming lots of sugar and processed foods. You will burn out. Like it's no, you may not burn out straight away. You may not burn out in your twenties, you may get to 35 and want to have a baby and be like, oh, nothing's working. Like, and it's not because of your lifestyle in the last year. It's those 10 years before that, that then has set you up for burning out. And yeah. if anyone's been there and, and, and experienced that, it's not a nice place to be in. So whether you're 20 and you're listening or you're 60 and listening, like, it's about looking after your body. You only get one. You can't go and exchange it or replace it. <laughs> you got to look after it. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's been definitely something I've learned re- more recently, probably, but like that kind of knowing that you don't have to do those six days a week of brutal exercise, six days that, you know, and it's that all or nothing thing, even for me, like, I'm just like, oh, with my breath work, I want to do a 45 minute session. And it is that kind of, can you do bite size fits along the way? Because actually when you're doing the weekend warrior, when you're trying to just squeeze in absolutely everything, it does, yeah, it's, um, it's not nourishing. And that's not really how we were born to be, right? So like, you know, no. you, have to look, you, know, you have to look at my freaking cats to see, I'm not saying we're exactly the same, but they take time to rest, right? And animals, they listen when they need to rest, they play, and they're not really filling their schedules with, <laughs> with workouts. No, they, and we, we've been taught to go against our intuition. We've been taught when we have periods to, you know, put a tampon in and get back to work and take, a, you know, Nurofen or something and just pretend like everything's okay. You know, we, we as women, we're supposed to be recovering and resting in that time. Like, and whether that looks like different for different people, maybe you need to sleep. Maybe you need to um, have a slow mindful meditation. Maybe you need to move your body to make you feel better. But 
just masking it and carrying on soldering on is definitely like it's you're telling your body I'm not trusting you and I'm going to do everything opposite than what your body's telling you so your body loses trust in in yourself Um, and then we wonder why it's like oh why isn't our body working anymore it's because we've been ignoring it for like years and years and years yeah I couldn't agree more and I also think that's such a lovely thing about your coaching as well is that you do bring in this like spiritual aspect where you're making people think about choices in in terms of lifestyle in terms of work but you're also then bringing it back to how that feels it's not just you know I I think it's very easy for a business coach to be like you should do this and this is your way forward this is how you're gonna get money and this is how you're gonna and that's the be or or an end or um whereas I think with your coaching style it's very much about moving into intuitively into what is mentally and physically good for you in the long run definitely definitely I'm all about tuning in whether I'm teaching yoga meditation or even in my coaching my business coaching when I'm teaching people how to create social media or show up online it's all about what feels good for you what feels authentic for you and, and then go and do that because what, how you show up online is not how I show up online. And if someone tells you to make seven reels in a week, that may not feel good for you. Like you got to do what feels good for you. Cause like you are living in your body and you got to listen to your intuition. Um, sometimes fear and excitement can be muddled up. So sometimes we can be fearful of things, but it's actually, we're just excited for things because we're stepping outside our comfort zone. And that can be scary, exciting, all those different things. But again, come back to your intuition, come back to that inner knowing. We were born knowing what we, our body wanted. We were born as babies, like I'm hungry, I'll cry for food or I will do this. Like we are not born to, and be told to like, this is how you're supposed to think. This is how you're supposed to do. This is how you're supposed to work. We, you, we've created all those boundaries of working, of Um, the things that we're supposed to do, they are all created. That's all fake. It's all not, it's not something that's real. It's not something we can see in front of us. And so I am all about showing people that they can then create what they want to, how their life to look, design your life, how you want it to look. You do not need to get married by 30, have a baby by this, you know, move like this to get to look like this. It's all about how you want to create your life. Um, yeah it's, it's, it's and when you know that it's empowering and it's like exciting to be like I'm going to create the life that I want and move how I want and listen to my soul yeah absolutely and I think you're just such a great ex- um, example of that and obviously you've taken your time to get to where you are but um, it shows and I think the number one problem we have in our society is we connect hours to t- our time to money and I think that, for instance, in a corporate job or, you know, even for me as self-employed, you're like, well, you know, the, the normal corporate worker works nine to five or longer. So I need to equate this many hours and then I'll make this much money. But I think in a lot of the awful lot of the time, it, it isn't like that. And there's so many people in this world that are making, you know, a success of themselves without having to lock themselves in on their computers day in day out and really that idea of the mini retirements the even if it's not if it's not you know some people can't up and move to beautiful locations around the world they've got other commitments and stuff going on which is it is fine but it's knowing that maybe it doesn't have to be just what society has told you is the way forward in terms of slogging yourself at work not enjoying it 100 percent. i'm all about working smarter not harder so in 2011, I read The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, and it Love has it. completely flipped my mindset on how to work smarter, not harder, how to create something once and sell it many times. And if you haven't read it or you've read it, but you really didn't absorb it, take it uh, again and read it again and highlight it and circle things. And my whole life since 2011, and so that's been 10 years, um, I have been working towards being able to take mini retirements or being able to live in a place where it's cheaper. And so I can afford things that I couldn't afford in the UK or couldn't afford in Australia. 
um, and and flipping your mindset. Like we're taught to go to work and earn money and pay for this and have a little bit of time to spend for yourself on the weekend and a little bit of money spare after you know, you pay your rent or mortgage and expenses. And I'm like, no, I want to work a little bit and I want to earn a lot. And I want to have more time to spend with my, my friends, my family, with causes that are, are passionate to me, you know? So think it's about thinking outside the square and almost crumbling down everything we have been taught and rebuilding it how you want to, rebuilding it into a space um, what, what looks good for you. So you don't need to work eight hours a day. And a lot of people struggle with this when they go from full-time work to uh, freelancing or starting your own job. And they're like, well, I haven't done eight hours today. So that means I have not been productive, but yeah, you know what? I can do two hours of work and make 10 times the amount of money that I would do if I was to work eight hours a day. So I yeah. really have flipped my mindset to what do I need today to get things done? Or what do I want to work on? And then some days I take the whole day off, not because I have something to do, but because I'm giving myself that space. And that has been such a gift and so magic. Yeah. And I know at home, if you're listening and you're in a full-time job and you're like, well, how do I even get there? I felt that. I felt that frustration and that like, how does that even happen? Like, how can you even arrive in that point? And it's been a, a long journey of learning, of uh, studying, of I've never not studied since I've left university. So I'm always learning, even though I was working full time, learning, reading, uh, listening, absorbing, surrounding yourself with people that are good for your soul, that light you up, that you'll learn from. And you, if you're passionate about it, and if you really want to make a change in your life, if you're really not happy where you are, then commit to that being a priority. And I will assure you, you will make it happen. Yeah, amazing. Absolutely. And um, yeah, it's a good idea to go back to that Tim Ferriss book, actually. It's one of my favorites. And he kind of just made it um, okay and allowable to have this freelance lifestyle. And I think for me at the time when I was reading it, I was modeling and doing some part-time this and that and I remember being like I'm not doing enough my husband was doing the nine to five job and I, I had this kind of huge fear and it was very it was much easier and actually easier in society to just go okay well I should probably just go and get a salaried job and um, get a mortgage because that's what everyone does and that's what society has told us to do but I think we are seeing it a lot more now especially with remote working it is accessible it's hugely accessible and it's um you know again you haven't got there it hasn't been a hugely easy journey to for you to get to where you've got to it's been a it's a, been a process but having that whenever I've spoken to you like even from you know a few years ago when we've been talking you've had this in your mind for a very long time of what you wanted yeah. I mean when I mentioned that I moved to London at 30 I'd gone through a breakup a pre an, an unwanted pregnancy I spent my money on a trip with my ex-boyfriend at the time and I came back to Australia after the big holiday and he broke up with me and I had no money, no job, no place to live. So if you're in a place at the moment and you feel like there is no way out, trust me, if you really want to find a way out, you will find a way out. I made sacrifices. I didn't go out. I didn't spend money on the weekends. I slept on my sister's couch while I rebuilt myself from the bottom up and it was scary I lost all my identity it was a big hit to the ego like how can I be 30 and single and homeless and jobless and everyone told me my family my friends go get another job like you were earning six figures in a marketing uh, head of marketing role but I knew deep down I had a taste of freedom with freelancing and I wanted I wanted that so bad like more than anything else in the world and so I had to rebuild myself. And, and, and from that rough bottom, I was like, there is nowhere up. There is no way other than up when you hit, hit reach rough bottom. And then again, coming to London, I started contracting and I was like, yeah, I'm getting back on track. This is great. I was made redundant um, on the first contract that I took in London after six months. And I was like, here we go again. Like I have no money. I've just committed to a rent. Like there was no way other than hustling and getting back out there so it's definitely not been like 
quitting my job and then moving to Kenya and living this amazing life, it has been heartbreak after loss, after rock bottom. And what has helped me is to always come back to the wisdom of my body through yoga, through meditation, through self-care, um, through therapy, so that I can rebuild myself, whatever that looks like. And who knows what is out there for me to face in my next chapter but the resiliency I've built from all of the setbacks and all of the rock bottoms has really given me this thick skin to be like, you can do this again, girl. Like you have been here before and you can do this again. So okay. it is for the listeners at home, no matter where you are, no matter your circumstances, even the smallest change can be the catalyst to the next chapter or the unfolding of the new part of your life incredible yeah I love this about these when we, we used to go for many walks and I always come back super pumped because I'd be like oh my god life and like <laughs> get all excited about all these huge avenues and you know things that you perceive that you don't have control of but you do and you can make you know make for yourself so yeah it's always so empowering to speak to you Phoebe so yay thank you so much for sharing your story I've got some quick fire round questions to finish with and I, they can just be kind of simple answers um and then we'll finish up if that's okay um, but yeah, it's been wonderful to hear all of your beautiful pockets of wisdom and knowledge. Um, so what, um, who would you say your favorite mentor or coach has been along the way? I would say Brene Brown. I love her work on vulnerability. If you've got Netflix, she's got a Ted talk on there. Um, she, her books, her, everything that her work, she's dedicated her life to, looking at vulnerability and shame. And that has really helped me become more vulnerable in my relationships, in my business, in my friendships. Um, so, and, I, and her podcast is amazing. So um, mm. head on over to Spotify, um, Unlocking Us, it's called. I learned so much from her. Amazing. I actually didn't know she had a podcast. That's uh, a good one for me to get involved in, absolutely. Um, most influential book you've ever read, potentially the four-hour book. <laughs> Yeah, I would say the four hour work week. Most recently, um, I loved Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Yes, um, I'm reading that right now. Women to come, come back and be wild. And like, we, we're not supposed to be tamed and lived in these pretty boxes and be, you know, so in service for men. No way. Also, one other one is Dr. Eager Edgar. Um, it's called The Choice. And she is a psychologist or psychotherapist. And she was in the camps in Germany when uh, the Jews were being persecuted. So she was in the part of the Holocaust. She's one of the oldest surviving Holocaust um, uh, people. That she, and she's 93 and she's kick ass. And it is all about choosing how you're going to move forward. So an example, I know this is supposed to be a quick, quick fire, but this is really no, powerful. Fine. Yeah, yeah, um, this is like, so she's like, okay, you want to be angry? It is your choice how long you want to be angry. You want to be angry for 20 minutes? Fine. You want to be angry for the whole day? Fine. But the only thing that's keeping you in this prison of anger is yourself, not the other person, not the thing that happened to you or the other person did. You're keeping yourself in prison with being angry. So ask yourself, how long do I want to be angry? Or how long do I want to be sad? It is your choice. So that is an, an amazing book. She goes through a lots of um, different things about how you can choose things in your life. She talks about chocolate cake. Like she knows if she chooses chocolate cake at 93, she loves it. But then her bones ache the next day or if wow. she puts on weight. So it's her choice whether she wants to indulge and enjoy it, but then suffer with the achy bones as, as an older lady. Or she can choose not to have it and then and then be feeling better in her body. So it's a choice. It's everything is a choice. And it's like mind blowing when you think everything is a is a choice. Yeah. Renee geez. Brown interviews Dr. Eager Edgar. So that's a really nice conversation Ooh. if you want to um, nice. listen to that about the choice. Powerful. Yeah, taking back the power. Amazing. Um, just a couple more. What is the ritual that you do daily or most days that you swear by? I'm a movement girl. I need to move my body. Yeah. Even if I don't have time for meditation, I like whether it's a walk or yoga or something, even dancing, putting on music, I need movement. I am a 
manifesting generator in human design. So I need to like burn and use up all the energy that I create in my body. I feel you on that one. Good. Um, and then the last one is what's your favorite way to move your soul? <sighs> Again, I check in with my body first. So my favorite way is what my body wants. And that might be yin, that might be um, one of your mobility sessions, that might be a lifting weights. Again, there, there are a few. If, if I could only do one thing for the rest of my life, I'd probably just dance. Um, <laughs> yeah, love dancing. So yeah. Get your hip hop funk on, all the rest yeah. of it. I see you, girl. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and just to finish up with the listeners, where can they find you and what you have going on that can get involved? In? Yeah. Um, everything is on my website, phoebegreenacre.com. Uh, also on Instagram, I'm Phoebe Greenacre as well. You can join the self-care space. Uh, there is a 50% off code called Move Your Soul. So people, you can trial it out. There's a free seven-day trial. Um, and then if you're looking at flipping your mindset, leaving the nine to five, or you've just started a new business that you need more help in marketing, passive income, setting up all of the programs, courses memberships um there is my business coaching course called the conscious coaching business course for women that uh want to break away and create their dream life so there are the ways you can find me amazing so definitely check out phoebe everyone needs a phoebe in their world so definitely definitely thank you so much for coming on the pod it's been amazing to speak to you today Thank you, Kim. Thank you so much for having me and sending you lots of kisses and hugs from Kenya. Bring us that sunshine, girl. Yay. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you like the podcast, please follow and share so we can continue to share the Move Your Soul love. If you want to know more about the Move Your Soul membership and how you can put our learnings into practice, remember you can use the code Move Your Soul Podcast, all capital letters at the checkout to get your first month free today. Simply go to moveyoursoul.co. By joining our community, you'll be able to access a whole host of strength training, mobility, yoga, breathwork, and animal flow sessions with varied durations and ability levels, all geared to help you move your body, connect to your true self, and keep you doing what you love better for longer. And lastly, if you'd like to connect personally with me, I'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch with me at kimhartwell.com or kimhartwell on Instagram. Thanks for listening. See you next time.